Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails, the podcast where two lifelong San Francisco Giants fans talk about their favorite baseball team while enjoying homemade cocktails. I'm your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother and co-host, Matthew Henry. Matthew, don't say kangaroos. Koalas? <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know what you're supposed to what I'm supposed to say. Okay, I'm I, uh, something that reflects your personality. Oh. Well, I'd have to think about that. I think that well, no, I mean given given what happened where this whole koala Yeah, I think we're started, there. I think I think we're I think it, uh, you know, totally accurate. It's like here's a little factoid that's inappropriate to share in any company. Uh, sometimes right, the but... mouth just works faster than the brain, okay? <laughs> Perfect for a podcaster, let me tell you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Today is Sunday, July 11th, as we record this podcast. And the Giants went 4-2 this week, losing a rare home series loss, uh, losing two out of three against the mediocre St. Louis Cardinals. Of course, mediocre to everybody else, not maybe mediocre to us when they're bringing Nolan Arenado and, and Paul Goldschmidt along with them. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe that was the, that seems to be the Cardinals' motto is get giant killers. Right. And and they did. But nonetheless, the Giants then swept the Washington Nationals to finish the week four and two to bring their overall season record to 57 and 32 for a winning percentage of 640 or some might say 64%. But not when in, not in baseball. Nope. 640. Not in baseball. In percentages, we talk in hundreds in baseball, rather, when it comes to percentages. But nonetheless, that is still the best record in baseball. The Giants are, you know, in the standings, the best team in baseball still, now with a two-game lead over the Los Angeles Dodgers, not only for the division and the lead of the National League, but the lead of all of Major League Baseball, a full nine and a half games ahead of the Cincinnati Reds, who are the first team um, not qualifying for the playoffs as the series, as the season standings uh, stand. Overall, just another great week. Another great week that at the beginning felt like it was maybe the beginning of the end. Yeah. Instead, it was just a blip. Just a blip. Just a blip. I mean, you know, we knew it. I was confident. I was confident. <laughs> I was totally, totally confident. But anyway, Matthew, you have a question you need to ask me. Yes, I do. What are you drinking to celebrate our 4-2 and two record on the week? I am drinking... A wonderful old-fashioned that has been crafted as only a result of this show. And which is one of the things that I, I really love about this show is that, one, it has made me pay extra special close attention to the Giants during what has turned out to be a fantastic season. But ju nearly just as much is that I have really, really gotten deeper and deeper into the cocktail craft. And I have acquired a bunch of new liqueurs this year that I wouldn't have otherwise acquired. And earlier, you told me what you were going to be making tonight. And I was like, wow, we can make this a theme. <laughs> so so, so yeah, I'm stealing from you, first of all. But what, what else is new? Uh, and, uh, and what I'm drinking today is you is a peanut butter apple old fashioned. Mm. And, and, uh, and some of you might be going like you, how is that possible? Well, I'll tell you, listener, I'll tell you, this is a peanut butter old fashioned using peanut butter whiskey, which yes, is a real thing. And I think it's, it's probably a fad. I mean, let's face it, like all of these specialty flavors, like bacon flavored whiskey and all of that, they, they, they all end up being a fad. And, and yes, peanut butter whiskey is probably a fad, but it's one of those fads that's lasted longer than it seems reasonable. And I think that's because the product that actually gets created is really quite good. All right. It, it doesn't taste like a syrupy, disgusting, like uh, addition to a liqueur that you could have always lived without. I think the peanut Peanut butter flavor, the peanut flavor really complements the whiskey. And so, yeah, so I think I think peanut butter whiskeys are going to be sticking around for a while. And in this particular case, I combined it with my Applejack, which 
I only got because I had to make the the bitter grapes cocktail, um, which might be my least favorite cocktail of all time. <laughs> which I made a few weeks ago. Still bitter and still griping about it. That's right. Still bitter, still griping. Um, I hate grapefruit. What do you want from me? And uh, anyway, so I combined that. So it's about a three to one ratio between those two. And then I put a little simple syrup in here, uh, stirred that up um, nice to get it you know, well for quite a while. And then I added some, uh, some bitters. In this particular case, I added Peychaud's bitters because I feel like the Peychaud's has a little bit of a sweeter profile. Uh, it's not actually sweeter, but it just gives that sort of vibe. It's sort of a fruitier, um, a fruitier uh, profile than, say, Angostura. And so I went with that in here, and I thought that complemented the apple and peanut butter profile very well. And then I added two Luxardo cherries and added a, a chunk of ice, and now I'm enjoying it. And it's 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 really good. <laughs> it's really good. I could I could have like three of these, no problem. Okay, that's probably true of any cocktail. <laughs> yes, nothing special there then. Yeah, but anyway, on that note, I've been holding on to this one for a while, so I got to dive into this. So uh, before I do, Matthew, what is it that you are drinking? What inspired me today? Well, what inspired you today was uh, my, well, back up a little bit this week. Uh, I took a little excursion to good old BevMo this week, and I had not done that yet since we started this podcast. I'd just been you know, buying one off, uh, you know, when I needed something from my local store. By BevMo, do you mean generic brand liquor store? Yes, that's what I mean. The one that everybody right. goes to, but we don't name by name. I don't go there. I go to Total Alcoholic Grape Juice and other things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I am going to not go there, but... Uh... <laughs> Anyway, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We're supposed to. We're if we're going to be big time, we got to like blur out the brands because otherwise they're not going to. They're not going to pay us, Matthew. They're not going to pay us to get to our 35 listeners. <laughs> and 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 how are we ever going to make the big bucks if you're just giving it away for free? This is true because I really could have used some help this last trip as I bought like six of those tiny little airport bottles yeah, of yeah, samples yeah. because at I Bevmo. At, at Bevmo. <laughs> And so if Bebmo wants to kick down a free like little tiny bottle of booze for me, I'm I'm willing to listen. You think they would? Because I think they give those away to some people just occasionally, but they probably won't. But anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting. That's all right. You were at you were at Bebmo. So I and I was looking, you know, I was looking for things, but I didn't want to invest. I'm a cheap bastard at heart, right? So mm -hmm. I didn't want to invest in a big old bottle of something that I didn't like. And so I was True. looking at all these little tiny samples and thinking, well, I'll, I'll grab a handful of these and, and then I'll try them. And if I like them, then yeah, sure. I'll invest in a larger bottle. And one of them was the screwball peanut butter whiskey. And, and I also got some Applejack and a couple of things. And I thought in my mind that I was going to do something similar to what you did today when I was at the store. But then I got home and I started you know researching a little bit and I know we had talked about Kahlua in the past and how much we both liked it. And I haven't done a Kahlua drink yet. And so I decided that I was going to... Mmm, Kahlua. Kahlua. So I decided that I would do a peanut butter white Russian instead. And... This so this this is the uh, the whole little tiny bottle of the screwball thing, which is one point six five ounces. So it's a little more than one an ounce and a half, but a little less than two. And I just poured that whole sucker right in right in there. I put an ounce of the Kahlua, and then an ounce of uh, heavy cream, and uh, mixed it in, and it is amazing. I mean, just peanut butter and Kahlua and like creaminess and your inner alcoholic child is just so happy so happy like yeah. i um you talked about eating three drinking three of these i i could certainly have a couple more in fact i'm almost done with this one and may need mm -hmm. to pause our our broadcast while i go make a second because this is actually i, don't, I can't make a second i only bought the little tiny bottle <laughs> see there you go you just oh, discovered the flaw oh. in your ways <laughs> I should have gotten the whole <laughs> bottle. Oh, not, wow. not only did you totally overpay by ounce for your liquor. <laughs> but it felt like I was paying less because, you know, I, if I didn't like it, then it was only a couple bucks because it was uh -huh. on sale. But anyway, great, great cocktail. Really enjoying it. And I'm definitely going to go and buy the larger bottle of, uh, of peanut butter whiskey because I think this could be a thing for sure. 
Oh, it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing for me. And I'm not ashamed of it. You know, I mean, if liking Peter peanut butter whiskey is wrong, then I don't want to be right. Amen. Uh, it, it's just like, you know, if 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 declaring the San Francisco Giants as the number one baseball team in baseball just because they have the best record is wrong, then I don't want to be right. So- peanut butter whiskey and San Francisco Giants. I don't care if that if loving those things is wrong, then throw me in jail. <laughs> but you know what I don't love, Matthew? Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. Hate those guys. Hate those guys. Doesn't matter Hate. what uniform. <laughs> you think that we got rid of them? You think that when they got traded from the Rockies in Arizona that we'd be we'd be getting rid of those guys? But no, they come back and haunt us yet again. Yeah, I mean, I, I. It's so weird. It's so weird how guys get your number. And part of me was thinking, oh, we only think of those guys getting the Giants numbers just because they were in the division, right? And we just saw them more often than than we saw other guys. But no, no, that's not true. It turns out doesn't matter what division they play in. They're just bad news for the Giants. And I just wish that the Cardinals were an American League team. Yeah. Because um, that was just some that was just some that was just some BS. That was just like old enemies coming back to just, you know, just just say, hey, hey, little punk, you're still a little punk. That's right. And and I think the fact that they're on the Cardinals just, uh, I think, is is poetic and fitting, you know, considering our history with the Cardinals. And I mean, I'm thinking of Jose Akendo and, you know, and and Jeffrey Leonard and, you know, going at it at second base. And, you know, oh, just... yeah, and they, they jumped Will Clark. Right. Yes. And then uh, and then and then Leonard came running over from with first a base. Forearm and... shiver to the head. Yeah. 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 Well, and then there's 87 and uh, ugh. Ugh. 87. Yeah. Those guys hated those guys. But, you know, we've had a better run of it since then, mm-hmm. to be fair. To be True. fair, right? True. In 2000, 2002, you know, we, we knocked them out, and we, you know. But listeners, and, uh, listeners, if you want to see a good baseball fight, definitely Google or YouTube the, uh, the, the Jose Akendo will Clark fight because uh, that was – that's a lot of fun to watch. You get to see some old names. You know, there's, there's just some really great uh, – in fact, I think uh, – I want to say John Boy Media actually did a little rundown on that fight at some Someone point. Someone requested this. Oops. Sorry. I was, I was doing exactly <laughs> what you just told me to. And, uh, and uh, our friend's John Boy. That's right. And then did the a funny, breakdown the of it that he doesn't in April know who last Aldred- year. He, he's so young that he doesn't know who Mike Aldretti is because he keeps um, like he references what? like what? Aldretti a couple times and doesn't know who he is. And, I mean, uh, he's, a, he's a Yankees fan. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I don't care. You know, I don't care about the Yankees. It doesn't surprise me that John Boy doesn't know anything about the Giants. Yeah. He doesn't. You notice he doesn't do many. He doesn't do many breakdowns at the Giants. No. Uh, because, you know, because the Giants play past his bedtime. <laughs> These whippersnappers and their social medias. That's right. <laughs> their, so, their social media empires. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, man. Yeah. Clark came in real hard on that slide. Yes. Oh, real hard. And they are both standing over him and looking at him right now. And he's just laying there in a heap. Oh, and he slaps his face. Jose Akendo slaps his face. And then Ozzy Smith punches. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's a great Oh, fight. man, and he's getting mugged. He's getting mugged. It's yeah. four on one right now. It, until Jeffrey Leonard comes in, coming from first base. Oh, yeah. There the, there the Giants show up. Yeah. There was only one runner on base. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take that, Ozzie Smith. Yeah, Hackman just lays <laughs> the wood on him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yeah, well, Will definitely would have been thrown out of the game for that, though. He would have uh, that would have been he would have been called out and th- the, the batter the batter would have been thrown out, been called out, I think, because you got to stay in contact with the base, right? Oh yeah, yeah. In this day and age, that 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 slide is totally illegal. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but, back but, then, but then that was a totally legit play. It was. It was a good baseball play, as they like to say in the old school parlance. Yeah. Anyway, so we digress, but uh, we digress. But yeah. wow, what a digression. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that was beautiful. Yes, and you know, our Twitter, a Twitter at Giant Cocktails. You know, if you uh, do watch that fight, please let us know your thoughts on it. I want to, I want to, I want to relive that with some other people on how how great that fight was. Some of you may not even been alive during that time. I don't know, but uh, you know, it was it was a great 
great scene in giant baseball lore. That scene, that 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 fight epitomizes Will Clark. Yes, so, I mean it does. It's just the way he played the game. Oh, my all-time favorite you know, player. Absolutely, love Will. Clark. And then he ends. And then he ends up becoming a cardinal, stepping in for an injured Mark McGuire and hitting the snot out of the ball in his swan song. That's right. Forgot so about they, that. They, I, I had blocked they, that out of my memory, but you were right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just glad to see him have one good final year, even with it with those yeah. stupid, stupid Cardinals. Well, and speaking of Will. You know, the Giants uh, drafted a uh, another will from Mississippi State University today. So I am I am expecting great things from our number one draft pick in, uh, to this year. Because <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, when you draft a will from Mississippi State and from the Giants, then you, you got to expect greatness, right? Uh, yes, without a doubt. Yes, we expect big things from you, Will Bednar. And we should talk about that a little bit more later in the show because... A college, a college starting pitcher is not something that you are expecting to help the team in the short term. I mean, in the long term, right. that is a short term pick. Yes, that is a short term pick. But we still have the rest of the week to review. All right. Okay. Yes, we're getting distracted left and right today. Aren't we, we are getting distracted left and right. But you know that the Cardinals will do that to you. But Arenado and Coldschmidt will do that to you. I mean, these are these are all things that we hate for good reason. For good reason. <laughs> but you know, somebody that we hated a little bit this year, because they, they kind of exposed the Giants a little bit, was the Washington Nationals and their pitching. You know, and they the Giants went in and played a four-game set against them in Washington, and they ended up splitting that series, but it really felt like they should have gotten, they should have been swept. Yeah, the two games that they won, they won, they, they scored like three runs, right, or something like that. Yeah, and it was, and it was ridiculously, I mean, in many ways, they were lucky to win either of those games, and, and during the whole series, the Nationals pitchers just shut the Giants lineup down. And we talked a lot about that and what was going on there, and I, I, I think the end result is, I mean, maybe the car, maybe the Nationals had figured something out and the Giants made a counter adjustment or maybe it was just a fluke. You know, maybe it was just a confluence of different things all coming together at once. And it just kind of created a perfect storm over that weekend. But whatever it was, it was really, really nice to see the Giants take care of the Washington Nationals with relative ease over these three games, facing a lot of those same pitchers and those same starters. And... Um, and scoring lots of runs, <laughs> and yeah. getting on base, uh, and and like like that like that previous series never happened, and and now the Giants have finished the, that series um, you know, what five and two, right? Mm-hmm. And, and looks like a dominating them, and uh, yeah, I mean it it, it was uh, it, it was a great way to end the week, and what made you know started off as like oh. You know, at one point, I think during this week, the Giants' ten game record, right? Their record over the last ten games was four and six. Yeah. Boom! Today it's seven and three. Take it. You know. Well, yeah. and and I think the what was interesting. I mean, this last the last three games uh, were a lot of fun to watch because the Giants never trailed uh, in the series against the Nationals, and it's a lot of fun to watch a game where you're feeling like I, I was feeling pretty good from from the first pitch on all three of those games, and you know there hasn't been a whole lot of those uh, this season, so it was nice. I felt pretty. I felt like we were in control the whole series. Was, yeah. And and those fun, those games are fun to watch, right? And I hope we get more of those in the second half, because we had a lot of those. I think in the first half, we just didn't know it, right? And so like our feelings were kind of like it was still one of shock and surprise. I think as this team was defining itself and declaring to the world that it was a lot better than everybody thought it was. But you know, I remember the Giants during some of their great seasons, and and it was nice to know that yeah, my team's the best team in baseball, and we're probably going to kick your butt today. And then to watch them do it was just oh so satisfying. Oh. And and I, I plan to I plan to watch a lot more games this second half with that mentality. Agreed. That is yeah. yes, and this definitely that series definitely felt like that. It did, and I, and just and then coming in today with uh, Gausman uh, on the mound, I mean, you just you just know. That when he's pitching, that they are the the opponents are going to to struggle, and and he was just you know up until he got in a little trouble late. I mean, he was just lights out, and the guy, I, I still can't believe that he's as good as he is. They are swinging at stuff like just, and then they they give him this look when they're walking back to the dugout. There's always like when they swing and miss at that splitter, 
And then they yeah. look out at it and he's already walking off the mound and walking around the mound and they're staring out at him for like a half a second. And you always see that. It's like the same look every header gives him when they when they string and miss. It's like, what the heck did I just swing at? And yeah, and they can't lay off it. They can't. Yep. And it's just, it's amazing, like how successful and effective he's been this year. And man, it's fun. I, and I just, I, I'm at the point now where I'm like, sign him for a gazillion dollars for a hundred years. Like I just, (laughs) you know, I mean, whatever it takes, get him signed. Exactly. I, 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 yeah, I, I feel the same way, but you know, when you were talking about those pitches and, and not being able to, 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 to understand what just happened to you. And walking off and looking back at the pitcher as you walk back in, which it seems like a lot of hitters do that. And I used to think maybe they were looking at the scoreboard, but I'm not really sure. Maybe they are staring back at the pitcher. But anyway, what those pitches that you were just talking about actually just made me remember something that we didn't note was Logan Webb made a brief appearance during this series just to give us a tantalizing uh, reminder you were so um, close to having to roll the dice. <laughs> I was so close to having to roll the dice. I was His like, pitch hey. count got the best of them. <laughs> pitch count. I mean, I wasn't so happy when Alvarez came in and tried to give the game away. Yes. Was not happy then. But that was predictable, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, as soon as I saw that he was the guy on the mound after that, I was like, oh, no. Well, in retrospect, I'm glad it wasn't Beatty. Like, I, you know, because Beatty also had his troubles throwing strikes that, this weekend. So. Fair. That's fair. Beatty did. But that was his first. I mean, so first of all, that I mean, that was a great moment for Tyler Beatty. Yeah. Not, you know, I mean, and, and I'm glad they got him into a game where it didn't matter because that was his first day back in the major leagues. Not something that he's done much of already. Right. Right. But that was his first day back right he had you know he was one of these young guys who had conquered you know this goal and and what is really a dream for so many people he had achieved it and then he had all that taken away from him and 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 had to work his way back and so to be able to have that moment and and get back to major league baseball uh i think was a big deal yeah the result wasn't for him wasn't so great i mean the giants won that game because they were ahead easily at the time but but um, uh, it was still, I mean, I, it, it's not the same. It's not the same, right? You know, I mean, if Beatty goes out there 10 more times and does the same thing, then, yeah, it'll start to feel a little Alvarez-like. But right now, no, no, you know, I mean. Beatty did get sent back down uh, today, so. Uh, well, that doesn't surprise <laughs> me. But. Well, and, and they brought up Caleb Berger, who's now back. So that uh, right. adds some depth to our bullpen. They have guys that, I mean, Berger was throwing great before he got hurt. Right. A lefty. Yeah. 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 So, who, so who will slot in ahead of ahead Alvarez? Of Mr. Alvarez. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And Beatty's going to work on his command and getting stretched out a little bit more, I think, you know, while in between starts. So he'll be back. But I think, uh, um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to, well, we say he'll be back, but we don't know. There's so many players that are, uh, that are eligible to come back to the big league club. And yet there's only 26 coveted spots. So I don't even know. Well, know. we've been, we've been talking about this for a while, right? We, we've been highlighting the fact that the giants are running out of room on both rosters, right? Not just the 26 man roster, but also the 40 man roster, which in some ways is more important. Yeah. Right. Because, um, because once you let a guy off the 40-man roster, you basically lose control or rights to him. Doesn't mean you're definitely definitively going to lose him, um, but it, it but it's a strong chance that you will. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of guys, we've got a lot of pressure on that lineup. And, and so I guess the question is, and we, we you know, we talked about, like, really, the, the Giants have to make trades to relieve that pressure. Yeah. Right? Never mind that they need to go make trades to make the Major League roster better, which I think they do... I mean, I don't know. We talked about this last week. I'm not so convinced they need to anymore. I, well, if they uh, didn't, I don't think it would be the end of the world. Right. Right. And right. So, yeah, I think people are expecting them to make a, a, a big splash. But I don't I don't know if that's in the cards. You know, I think, you know, if what we've seen from Farhan is that he likes to tinker on the back end. How can I get yeah. just a little bit better? You know, and and so, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know, unless, you know, you're going to get a great deal on a Max Scherzer or something like that. I, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe they don't jump. I don't think in. they need to. I but and, and if they do, 
if they do, I would still prefer to see them make a move at uh, in the bullpen, right? I still want to see some studs come in that can close a game or, or set up a closer, right, or both. That would be my preference. But I know that a lot of people have been talking about the Giants needing help on the starting pitching side because of, you know, because of the injuries. I, I think, you know, Sammy Long and his outings kind of demonstrated that, yeah, this was starting to become a problem for the Giants. I don't think it was a huge problem, you know, but it, it certainly contributed to some of the rough patch that the Giants hit, right, because Sammy Long, while not horrible wasn't great right i felt like all of his starts were at best a coin flip yeah and and that sort of demonstrated that yes the giants might need starting pitching but at the same time logan webb you know well technically logan webb is still in his rehab assignment i mean that start was effectively a rehab start and he's going to make another start in sacramento before we see him back with the giants and then also aaron sanchez is starting to ramp up on his um on his rehab assignment. And so you do have a number of people on the starting rotation that, that can help, um, that are coming back and can help uh, lengthen out the depth of the starting rotation. So I don't think it's definitive that you need a starter. And I think the last thing that the Giants need is a position player. Although I know a lot of fellow Giants fans out there want, you know, some, some, you know, (laughs) Aaron Big Judge. Name bet. Aaron Judge. That's right. We're gonna get Aaron Judge, and 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 what? Increase our home run lead over the rest of baseball. The Giants are already ahead by like twenty five home runs without having any big name hitter. Yeah. The Giants aren't leading with home runs because they have one huge great superstar. They're leading the home runs because every single one of the guys on their bench and in their lineup hits home runs. And that's what makes this team great. No superstars, but every player is good. Yeah. I, we don't need a superstar outfielder to win, I, especially Aaron Judge. I I mean, look, if somebody said Aaron Judge is on your team, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to complain, right? I mean, obviously the guy's a great player and he makes the team better. But I just think, like, of all the additions that the Giants need to make, that does not seem to be at the top of the list as well, no. an outfielder. Right. And especially because, you know, you got to give something up for a guy like him. And and so, you know, not only does that affect, yeah, you might get some guy, you'll get him for what, this year and maybe next. Yeah, I think next year he's arbitration eligible or whatever. But, you know, there's he's got maybe one year left uh, before he becomes a free agent. And and you've given away some top end talent to get him. Yeah, you know, I just I don't know if it's worth it because, you know, we're, we're already leading the, the majors and records this year. And, you know, why would we want to give up some of our future for a guy that's only going to be around and maybe would only improve us by a small percentage? You know, and so I, I don't I'm not a big fan of going out and getting someone like Judge or Joey Gallo, who's also seems to be mentioned a lot. Yeah, uh, no. You know, we've got, you know, Jalen Davis is, you know, kind of Joey Gallo light right now. And, yeah. you know, we don't really need that offensive push. We're one of the best team hitting teams in the major leagues. I, I, yeah. you know, and then, you know, what, what complicates things is you mentioned Tommy LaStella and uh, Aaron Sanchez coming off. You know, they're going to be ending their rehab assignments this month. And yep. they are not on the 40-man roster right now. So they are going to have to be put on the 40-man roster, and someone's going to have to leave. Now, I'm looking at the 40-man roster, and the one that jumps out of me is, like, Sam Selman, right? Like, you know, like, like we haven't seen him in a while, right? So, you know, I, I think he's probably the 40th guy on the 40-man roster. He's probably gone. But I maybe, think that's true. But yes. maybe you trade him to get, you know, some some guy, you know, that, that might be worth, you know, something lower level, an A-ball pitcher or something. But, you know, but who else, right? I mean, then you start having to get into some really tough decisions, you know, around who you're going to, to get rid of. And so there's definitely got to be some trades going on. But I don't think it needs to be for a big player. I think it needs to be to get rid relief for all these players that are coming back. I mean, I think we could, in essence, trade for a top-line third baseman in in mm-hmm. Longoria. We could yeah. trade for a top-line first baseman in Belt. You know, these are our trades that we're going to trade somebody else out to, to bring them back, right? So right. I don't think we need to go looking for somebody else's cast-offs. We've got guys that are ready to come up and play. Right. I mean, I think the pre- people that you would drop for an Aaron Judge is like Darren Ruff. Sure. Right. Or or Slater, maybe. Maybe. But those are guys that definitely uh, have value. So, I mean, you could trade them. 
right, right. to make room. Right. You could definitely trade them to make room. But the thing is, is that like the upgrade that, but you know, the upgrade that you're getting over, you know, judge is going to only play in the outfield. And so the upgrade that you're going to be getting over is, well, who are you going to be replacing? It would probably be your, your starting three would be judge, Yastrzemski and Duggar. Right. Right. Um, you know, how much better does that make you than uh, Judge and, say, putting in Dickerson and Ruff, right, as a platoon, right? That's effectively what you're replacing playing Aaron Judge every – sorry, yeah, Aaron Judge every day. And it's just – is it an improvement? For sure it's an improvement. But it's not a huge improvement. It's not going to make your team drastically better – and the the same way that a starting pitcher would, or the same way that a that a closer or a setup man would, it's just not going to have the same impact on an on the overall wins that this team is going to have, and it's not going to you know I, I definitely not going to make as big of an impact in the playoffs where pitching just becomes even more of a premium. So for me, to, for anybody to be talking about oh we need an outfielder, I think there's this mindset amongst people that are like well if we get a Gallo and we get a Judge then that guy will be starting every day. And that makes me as a fan feel more comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing that I know who's going to be in that spot every day because, you know, Judge is going to play against everyone and Gallo's a switch hitter, right? And so so there you go. You no longer have a platoon and somehow that just feels like I have a better team because I no longer have a platoon. But folks, the platoon is working. Well, the platoon <laughs> is better in many cases than what these guys are putting exactly. up individually. And exactly. I, it's just it's just like one of it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of situations. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. I got I mean, I got a name for you. OK. Brian Reynolds. Does that name ring a bell? Uh, I mean, I mean, I know who Brian Reynolds is. Current, uh, but current being, all-star for current the Pittsburgh all-star, Pirates. Current all-star outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's, yeah. he's, he's having a great season. He's got 16 home runs. Uh, and I only know that because you mentioned him before the show and I went and looked him up and I was like, wow, he's having a good season. No wonder he's an all-star. Great. Good for him. Yeah. But he but, used to uh, be a giant. And we traded him for Andrew McCutcheon for a season and a half. Of of Andrew McCutcheon, Brian Reynolds is having a better year than Joey Gallo. Yeah, and so when you when so what you're, you're telling me is we could have kept him, not gotten McCutcheon, and then he would be a starting outfielder for the Giants now, and then we wouldn't be having this conversation because we would have had Brian Reynolds in our outfield all year. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And so what I'm saying right. is, if you're going after these guys for the for the for the for the now, you are potentially giving up. You know, an all-star later. And sometimes that makes sense. Sometimes you're one piece away and you need to make the move and you got what you give up hurts. But in this case, we don't need to give that up. You know, now, if no. you're if yeah. you're talking about like, let's add a Max Scherzer or a young pitcher, you know, who, you know, is going to be with us for a few years and that's going to add sudden value to our rotation or our, or be a legit closer and, and put us over the top and allow us to win a close seven game series, then, okay, then you can argue, I'll, I'll, I'll accept your argument that that's a, a good bet, but I, I don't, for a hitter right now with our team hitting the way it is. I, I don't see yeah. it needing to give away a no, talent. No, I, I don't. I don't think there's any reason to 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 be to be spending your assets on a on an outfielder right now. Our outfield is one of the strongest things that we have. I just don't. I just don't get that. I don't get it at all. Um, now, but I, you know, I don't think the Giants need a starting pitcher either. Mm. Uh, you know, with 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 two caveats. My first caveat being just the always like obviously injuries can hurt you and they can crop up at any time. And so if you go get another great starting pitcher that just covers you in case that injury happens, so for sure that that matters. But, you know, one of the things that you said earlier about Farhan Zaidi was is that he seems to be like one of those guys who likes to make, you know, uh, like to tweak things on the back end that end up having a much, much larger impact than they ever appear that they will be when he, when he makes them. Yeah. I think what Farhan Zaidi likes to do is he likes to make moves that have a lot more value than they than they seem to have at the time that he makes them. Mm-hmm. He likes to make moves that have extra value just besides the move in the moment. And so I do think there is a scenario where the Giants add a starting pitcher that helps the Giants in more ways than one. And this one's a little bit obvious, but you know, Matthew, 
there are some teams, one team in particular, that's having a lot of trouble with its starting rotation right now. And they are desperate <laughs> to find a starting pitcher. And if you could make a move to acquire a starting pitcher that makes you better and makes that team worse, would you do it if the name of that team was the Los Angeles Dodgers? Would you go out and get a starting pitcher just so that they didn't get that guy? I think you'd have to consider that. I think that's part of the the games that they're playing, right? I mean, there's, right. you know, if a move that you make weakens uh, a division opponent, uh, particularly someone like the Dodgers, a team like the Dodgers, then yeah, I think that yeah. uh, you have to consider that. Uh, obviously, within reason, you know, at, at the very least, if you're driving up the price for the Dodgers, then, you know, maybe that's also a win if you if you don't want to you know, well, that's a in. win. That's that's a win for sure, because we're competing against the Dodgers, not just this year. We're competing against the Dodgers every year. And the Giant, we expect our team to get better, right? Our team is going to get better next year, and it's going to be even better next year. And then three years from now, we're going to be a juggernaut. But we know that the Dodgers are still a good organization. And so we're competing not just today, but we're competing three years from now. So I totally agree with you. Driving up the price matters, but I, I think it's better if you actually get that starting pitcher. Um, but you're, you're, you're right. You don't want to break the bank. You don't want to break the bank just to stop them from getting somebody this year. But I think it is a consideration. Mm -hmm. I do think, you know, I think, and I think it sets up an opportunity where the Giants may not, it may not be their biggest need, but it's a reasonable need. And I think if you can go out and get a starting pitcher that the Dodgers really wanted and you get that person instead... And that person is not winning games for them, but it's winning games for you. That's a huge, huge win. You know, so so I do think there is some some reason, at least there, for the Giants to be in the discussion for starting pitchers. Like, I think they should be seriously negotiating for every starting pitcher that's out there just to keep their names in the game. Yeah. But, you know, that being said, I would still prefer arms in the bullpen because I think at the end of the day... If Gaussman, Desclafani, and uh, and well, I mean Webb or, or sorry Wood are your top three, and they make it to the postseason healthy, that's a pretty good starting three. The Giants are looking really, really good, and you're not going to want to face them. And I would, I would go to battle with the, that rotation. Right, and then you've got someone like Webb in the bullpen. You know, yeah, or uh, your swingman, or he can got, start that game when he needs to. He can start game four if you need to, and yes. Cueto also, I don't know, I don't see him being a huge asset out of the bullpen, but, you know, but maybe, you know, he could give you a good couple innings. And Well, you know, he, I don't could know. Be, he could be that savior because he comes in the day after, uh, a, you know, I mean, that, that postseason 18-inning extra, you know, extra inning game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you need him to make an emergency start because you started your you put your starter in that game or or you put him in that game yeah. and he pitches five innings for you, right? I think having having those options um, is a tremendous is is a, that's just a tremendous rotation. Yeah, and I think if those guys can make it to the postseason healthy, then we're going to be looking at um, a really really great chance to to win the World Series. Yeah, now. Of course, they may not make it there, right? We all know that injury, the injury bug it lurks, you know, spares no one and it's always a threat. And so, it, it, but that's the, to me, that that and defending against other teams getting great pitchers is the only reason I think the Giants should be going for a starting pitcher. Well, you know what? Another argument for starting pitching and that I've been thinking about lately is that if the Giants don't win the division, they play that one game, uh, winner take all. Uh, wild card game to get into the playoffs. You know, in our case, obviously, you would hope that someone like Gosman is lined up to 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 pitch that game. But then you lose him for the first you know few games yeah. of the of the next series, right? Yeah. So that's where another starter of quality comes in handy because you're going to need a little bit more depth than if you were to win the division and not and have your three starters lined up. I mean, right, am, but am that, I making that, too much out of that, or does that? I mean, that seems like something that would be important. I think it's important. I don't think you're making. I mean, I don't think you're making too much out of it. I don't think it's as important, given that the Giants do have Disclafani, Wood, and Gaussman, because I think at least one of those three guys would be available. And honestly, at the end of the day, I wouldn't complain if it was Webb or or Cueto even, mm -hmm. you know, because I think Cueto's a big game pitcher. 
you know, and, and, you know, Cueto is more of a wild card than all of the others, I think, at this point. But, you know, when he's good, he's good. And so really, that means you've got five guys. And again, we don't even know what Aaron Sanchez's situation is going to be at that point in time. So I think I think, though, I think it would be Gosman, Desclafani or Wood would be available for that game. And what I like about getting great pitchers in the bullpen is that you could even turn that into a bullpen game if your bullpen is tremendously strong, right? Well, right. Well, and, in the playoffs, if a starter falters, then it becomes a bullpen game early, right? You're not going to let exactly. a starter, you know, No, struggle. you don't let a starter go on. But you might even, Unless like, say, Unless you're Dusty Baker, maybe. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> hey, wow. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, still bitter. Still bitter. Random, <laughs> random shot at Dusty. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it was it was it was pretty deep in the game when he brought when he took Russ out. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know it's more. I know that's about more than one game. It is more than one game. Yes, yes. but but still, whoa, whoa, random <laughs> shot, at, random shot at Dusty. Uh, you and I, I mean, met Dusty one time. He's a nice guy. I, you he's know, a very say. nice guy. Uh, I know. It's, it's, yes. But anyway, I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there are things about Dusty's style that, that are not for everyone. But uh, but he is what he is. And, and he's he's a winning manager. That is for sure. The uh, but but getting back to what you were saying, I, I think I think you could have Webb start that game. Right. Mm. And have with the expectation of like, I'm going to take him out the moment he gets into trouble. Or he's going to go four innings, mm-hmm. right? And then you could bring in somebody like, you know, Sanchez if he's on the roster. And at that point, then you bring in Rogers, Then you bring in McGee. Then you bring in the setup guy that you stud that you got. And then you bring in the closer stud that you got. And that's a ball game. Yeah. Right? So, so that to me is why getting the great bullpen pieces can still help you even in that one game playoff scenario. So, uh, you know, I, I think but I think you're right. Yes. Another having another ace or ace like a uh, caliber pitcher on your on your roster. I mean, it never hurts. Right. It well, never no, hurts. No. And it's an arms race. I mean, right. I mean, the, you know, the Dodgers are, you know, well, I mean, they've been loaded, but now they've got, uh, you know, uh, well, Bauer is out indefinitely. Uh, right. You have no idea when he's coming back, right. if he's coming back. Yep. And then. And, uh, Kershaw uh, is on the IL for now, right now, and and apparently that's a minor thing, but still, you know, that could pop back up. Uh, and then all of a sudden they're hurting, right? They've got Urias, and that's kind of, and then a bunch of guys you never heard of, right? So it's just, well, I guess we'll Walker Bueller. So Walker I mean, he, Bueller, yeah. so he becomes uh, their their ace, but you know, they're not exactly, you know, no, they're hurting, uh, yeah. they're hurting, and that's and they they are definitely on the market, and that's and that's why you want to be on the market too. Yeah. And 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 the yeah. fact of the matter is, it it will help. Right. It would help the Giants be better because I do think in that particular case, you put Webb in the bullpen and and then you have Cueto be your fifth starter. And mm-hmm. this guy would just slot in as one of your, you know, right. I mean, I would say everybody there at that point is either a number one or a number two. And you just happen to have four of them. Yeah. Well, then I guess the question for me is, you know, who are you trading then uh, away to to get uh, a big pitcher? You're going to obviously have to part with some minor league talent. And uh, the one that, you know, they, they brought Joey Bart up this week, you know, when yeah. Buster went on the IL and they had three catchers on the roster. So it was a, a little weird to have three catchers, but it also speaks to maybe they've kind of scraped the bottom of the barrel for they had just sent Dubone back down. So maybe they didn't want to. Well, I don't even know if they could. Well, they could bring him up because of an injury. But I, I yeah. just um, it was interesting. They were keeping three, three catchers. And part of me was like, are they trying to showcase Bart? Yeah, do they want to like? I wouldn't you know. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they are. Yeah, because I do think that's the one question mark about him is because he's proven it at the AAA level. I think there's no doubt about that. Well, his one proven. game he played well. He you know so yeah, he's yet to hit his first major league home run though, right? I don't... Yeah, and he played all of 2020. Let's not forget about that. Yeah, right? so that yeah. is that is a concern. That is a concern for sure because he was definitely projected to be a home run hitter. Uh, better than Posey, right? I mean, his power was supposed to, you know, mm-hmm. be be significantly better than Posey's, and and now he he hasn't hit a single long ball in the major leagues. Um, so that is a concern. But I do think, yes, I do think this is a little bit of a showpiece. I do, I, I do know, I do believe that Trump did get a little banged up, though. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So, um, so I think there was a little bit of that too. Okay. Well, they then wanted a little bit of flexibility. So, but on the major league club, so. Yes, they're going to have to move some minor league talent. Bart definitely being, I think, the most visible prospect that seems like 
is expendable. And we've talked about in the past, you know, Posey yeah. playing as well as he is. He's got another year on his contract. Maybe they negotiate a couple more years out of him. And then, you know, with a bridge to uh, the guy they drafted last year, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but uh, um, Bailey. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Bailey. So I think that those are so. Bart is, is, is definitely someone, uh, uh, you know, that could be used as trade bait. But on the major league level, we're definitely going to have to make room for some people. And I think that there's going to be some trades involving some people that are already on the 26-man roster. So my question to you is, who would that be? Are you, like, Dickerson? Solano? Yeah. I think, you no. know, w- would you trade either of those guys? I would trade both of them. It, and remember, I'm cold-hearted and I'm cheap. I you know, We know what kind of GM I am. <laughs> You know, like I'm not in this to make friends. I'm not in this for the love. I, as a fan, love Dickerson. Like, I don't want him to go anywhere. But I think it's the fan in me also believes that that this guy is really good. Um, yeah. And he's good. He's 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 um, he he can play the outfield. I mean, he's not a defensive replacement to be sure, but he's not he's not the worst. And he's really good off the bench. He's great left handed power. Uh, you know, I think, and he's just an exciting player. Uh, he's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's a good addition to your, to your clubhouse. So I just think he's a great player. And so therefore, and I, and I think he's demonstrated, he's also one of those guys who can, who can battle his way through, uh, you know, a little bit of a slump and make the adjustments he needs to, 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 to get back into it. He's demonstrated that time and time again with the giants and, Right. Because like whenever he goes slow, it's not for long. And I just think that he because of that, that just makes him a super, super valuable piece that a lot of people would want. They would probably pick him up as power off the bench mm-hmm. um, or or as a, you know, as a, as a stopgap while they're waiting for an injured player to come back. I think that's why people would go for Dickerson or they just want to go to a platoon. Right. Yeah. And and use him as a left handed bat and platoon the rest of the way because they can see that he does what he does well there. I think he is tremendously valuable. So therefore, yes, I do think he is he is tradable. And I think he's probably the most tradable of all of the guys. Um. On the roster outside of guys I would never trade, like, you know, like right. Yastrzemski. Um, and so, so, uh, so yes, I do think, I think Dickerson is at the top of that list. I think Solano is less valuable. I think, and I think he's less, I think it's also harder to get rid of him because, you know, I think the Giants are not as deep in the middle infield. And I mean, yeah, we do have well, they got, they got Tyro Strada. They've got Lastella coming back. They've got Dubon also Dubon, in the yeah. you know in there. Um, if Flores can play second base, uh, so I guess that's just kind of why I thought you know Solano could be on the chopping block, mainly because Lastella. I mean, Lastella is kind of is going. He's yeah. he's the one that signed to the long term contract. You know, yeah. I, I th- no, I agree. I agree. So I just don't think he's as valuable. I don't think people would want him as much as they would want Dickerson. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you may not be able to get as much value back for him, but I just don't know if there's a spot for him if they have to, you know, start right. making tough choices. Right. And I don't think either of those guys is going to get is going to get tremendous value back, right? It's not like whoever they're going to get back is going to blow your socks off, right? No, I think it's going to be a developmental guy that our that our, you know, our front office has identified as someone that yeah, could you know, but, be developed. Yeah, but our organ, our front office is so good at identifying those guys that other orgs have already given up on. Well, don't you think like, right now other organizations are going to be like, "Oh crap." Wait, you want that guy? You want that guy? Like, what? What are we missing, right? I mean, what are gotta, we? Mi- yeah, yeah. I mean, you I, would I, hope. I mean, I feel like at you that point, think. at this point, right? They're gonna be like, Farhan wants this guy. We, what are we missing from this guy? What are we doing wrong? Yes. Uh, you know, part of me thinks yes, but part of me thinks that egos and personalities and you know, being what they are, no. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think they would be like, you know, oh yeah, no, we're we're right and you're wrong, and I, I think that will probably always win out. I mean. One has to wonder, you know, how does Billy Bean keep doing it? Well, I don't know, but he keeps doing it. Yeah. You know, how do the Tampa Bay Rays keep doing it? I don't know, but they keep doing it. Right. The rest of the the rest of the Major League Baseball has had these guys doing what they've been doing right in front of them for 20 plus years and nobody else can figure it out. Like, it's just remarkable to me how some of these organizations like the A's and the Rays can continue to do what they do. And the rest of Major League Baseball acts like those guys are, oh, those guys are second rate, you know, poor teams that have to do it that way. I'm like, uh, 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, the Giants aren't poor. <laughs> right, no. And so so now, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, wait, you know, what if what if a team like the Giants, who has the finances that they do, can do both of those things? So, but, but my point is, is that, is that, you know, no, I think egos and I and, and philosophies win out. And so I, I think they might hesitate. They might throw the value up. They might be like, oh, wait, maybe I'm undervaluing this guy. Mm-hmm. Right. So give me a little bit more. Yeah. Right. But um, but I think at the end of the day, no, <laughs> I think well, the Giants can continue. To, yeah, I think they will continue to be able to do this. Well, you know, all right, let's do that. Yeah. Let's just keep doing I, that. I do. I do think they will be able to continue to do it because I don't think it's in about any one philosophy. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think what it is is that they're like, let's go find people that have been sort of forgotten about by their organizations because they're not making an adjustment that we think they should be making. And 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 let's go get that guy, you know, and I think they have probably identified many, many of those people. And so, you know, I I. Um, I believe that they will continue to be able to find those guys everywhere. So so that is, I mean, I do think that Dickerson and Solano will bring back guys that are going to make a difference and be impactful. Uh, but but they're just, you know, it's not going to be, It's they're not going to garner what I think Joey Bart would garner. Right. Right. No, you that's know? true. That's true. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out over the next few weeks. And I, I think the reason we're talking about it now, it seems a little early, but we really, it's 20 days, less than three weeks till the trade deadline. And there's got to be a lot, there's, like I said, there's going to be a lot of people coming off of the injured list and news are going to have to be made before July 31st. So I think we're going to see right. some movement over the next, uh, next, you know, couple weeks, especially. Right. So. The deadline is the 31st, but not for the Giants. The deadline is before that for the Giants, or they're going to lose people that, that, and get nothing back for them. Correct. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not great. Yeah. Well, and, and so speaking of talent and identifying talent, you know, right now the major league draft is going on. And tonight, as we mentioned earlier, the Giants drafted starting pitcher Will Bednar from Mississippi State University. And Bednar was the College World Series MVP this year. And he led the Mississippi State Bulldogs to their first national title. Uh, and the stat that, 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 that hit me in the face when I was reading about him was this season he struck out 139 batters in 92 and a third innings. Well, what? 139 batters in 92 and one-third innings. His whip for his collegiate career is 1.00. And so... So when you mentioned that the Giants, you drafted a stud college pitcher, you're not expecting that guy to spend a lot of time in the minors, right? No, no. And, and yes, that's exactly what, what I was saying at the beginning of the show. This is a guy that's meant to make a difference in 2024. Yeah. Right? Or, or, or even or sooner. Because we got, we've got five starting pitchers next year that uh, we don't have contracts for. So... Yeah, might be I a mean, little premature. Uh, or twenty-three, early. twenty-three is pretty young. You know, I don't think he, he, he. I don't think he, he projects out as that kind of guy. I mean, he might though. You know, I mean, it, it really just depends on how he performs and what the needs are. I wouldn't slot him into your starting five next year. I would. He's no. on. He's already in. He's number two. <laughs> yeah, well, you're the, you're the optimist. <laughs> I'm, uh, no, I'm tongue in cheek, but I think, you know, I think he mm-hmm. obviously has, uh, you know, they're going with a guy like this because they think he can help sooner rather than later. Sooner. Right. Because they believe they're going to be competitive sooner. And I think he fills into that gap. Right. Because remember what, you know, like when we talked at the very beginning of the season, you're like, when are the Giants going to be good? And I stupidly said 2024. Um, but what I meant was, oh, don't that, qualify that is, it. Whatever. Uh huh. No, I said it then. I said it then in that moment. What I meant was is that the Giants are at that point in time can be uh, counted on to consistently produce good major league players on a yearly basis from the farm system is in that season. And I think uh, I think even possibly earlier than that. And I think you know the beginning of that wave is going to be people like uh, Ramos. Elliot Ramos, right, and um, uh, and then and maybe Will Bednar, yeah. right, and so so that that's really where I think that that's the season where you look for those guys to to really make a significant impact. Uh, they might have cups of coffee next year, but I think really 
or, or sorry, 2022 or 2023. But I really think you're going to look for those guys to be sort of the center of your team in 2024. Yeah. And so for me, that is really when you see Bednar being as part of a, a, a an established part of the rotation is in 2024. Now, he might be in the rotation before then, for sure. For sure, yeah. right? He's uh, how old is he? Is he twenty? What's his? He's only twenty-one now. So yeah, I I would. Um, oh gosh, he just turned twenty-one. Yeah, he's young. And Woo! Yeah, and you know, yeah. <laughs> what a go! Yes, I love this pick. <laughs> well, <I'm> sorry. And, <laughs> you know, it was sorry. interesting. Well, it was interesting. The last time the Giants picked at number fourteen, they picked a pitcher named Tyler Beatty. Uh, mm. At that spot, so there's you know no guarantee that uh, Bednar is going to come in and and uh, you know right away and 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 make well, there's no guarantee but, on it and and in, in yeah, the first round yeah. ever, right? Well, yeah, but, and exactly. I was looking over the last you know since 2014, I kind of started looking through the draft and just looking at who got taken around there. Uh, when Beatty got taken, actually, Trey Turner was pick number 13, by the way. Um, oh. And and so uh, so uh, no, but that's they probably, it. They there's usually just him, like but, one or two guys per. Yeah, per, and that's that's exactly per, my point. There were so many names on there that I had no idea who they were. Like, I was like, man, never heard from that guy again. You know, so such a crapshoot. Who knows? Well, and you also got to go back like six years before you get a reliable because because there's so many high school players, too. Right. Right. You got to go back to like 2015 to really get a sense of how well that draft played out. Yeah. Right. And and still it's it's, you know, maybe maybe like three or four of the first round picks, you know, well, become, if you were 18 recognizable in, names, you know, I mean, it's. Yeah. Know. Well, if you were 18 in 2015 and you got drafted, that means this year you were 24. Yeah. You're still a pup. Many players are making their debuts at 24. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying that, that even now, the 2015, maybe it's the 2014 draft you can start evaluating. That's why the Major League Baseball draft is so weird. It's just. It's such a projection into a distant future that it that it almost doesn't matter. But this is why I think this pick is interesting because he projects closer than that, and yeah. that's my point. Yeah. And that and this is and this is and that the front office is thinking about that because this is they're thinking this guy is going to make a difference for us in 2024, which is the year that I believe the front office has been building up the minor leagues for. Right. Yes, they've been doing a lot of things to make the major league team competitive and they will continue to do that, I think. And that has been way better than I think they ever expected. Um, But but the point is, is that the minor league farm system is really meant to start making an impact in 2024. And and that's what Bednar fits right into that, um, right into that projection. Yeah. And and I think some of that is a caveat is that, you know, that's why you don't want to spend too much of that capital for this season because there is a long-term plan to be competitive year in and year out. And by right. backfilling holes with your depth at the minor league level. And when you trade that depth away, uh, you know, it becomes the, you, you pay for it at some point. Right. But the, I mean, and again, I mean, I think this just goes back to all the, what I said at the very beginning of the season on, on this podcast, which is that we are so, so lucky to be having a, a front office that is building for the future like that. But also putting a great product on the major league field this year. Yeah. And will continue to do so over the next seasons. This is not a Houston Astros. We're going to put some of the worst baseball teams in the history of baseball in front of you so that we can win in five years. We're getting something much better than that. And we should be so, so thankful that we are. I mean, I would have been happy if this team was playing 500 baseball and in the wild card hunt. Right. right. I would have been happy with that to get. I mean, this is this is just amazing. And and I you know, I think we are tremendously lucky to be getting that. Absolutely. Well, you know, the uh, we're getting up on the hour, uh, but, you know, this is the halfway, a little more than halfway. But, you know, the all star break uh, kind of interesting to look around. I was looking at some weird kind of I was looking at the standings, actually. And there were a couple things that s- jumped out at me on the standings that I thought you'd get a kick out of. One is that, you know, with your love for jazz Chisholm. I started, you know, I and the the Miami Marlins. We were uh, talking. Are they the Florida Marlins? Florida Marlins, aren't they? They're not Miami. No, they're the Miami Marlins. Oh, are they? Mi- okay, Miami Marlins. So, uh, the Miami Marlins are in last place in the National League East, and yet they have a plus seventeen in run differential, which is like you know in the upper half of all of uh, the National League, and they are they are thirty nine and fifty, which is the same record as the Rockies, who have a minus. 50 run differential. So 
I mean, you're one of those things where you like explain that to me because uh, yeah, that is um, that made me go Aru? what? That's a baseball. Yeah, that's a baseball. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know, man. And, and uh, that's that's what my grandfather. That's what my grandfather used to say in exactly that accent. Yeah. That's a baseball. That's right. Um, uh, and then speaking of the Rockies, another weird stat: thirty-one and seventeen at home this year at Coors Field. They're thirty-one and seventeen, which is like the second or third best home record in the National League. They're eight and 34 on the road. If they continue at that pace, it will be the third worst road record ever in the major, in the majors. Um, and yet they're going to finish 25 games ahead of the Arizona Diamondbacks. (laughs) 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 Okay. Maybe not that many, maybe not that many. Yeah. I, so yeah, again, there's a baseball, right? Like I, I, you know, but is the rock is Coors field that much of a home advantage now? I mean, that is, that's crazy that they are they that's such a huge difference between the road and home. I've never seen that big of a of a gap. It's been 20 years, Matthew, and nobody understands. It's been 25 years and nobody understands that stadium. Yeah. I don't think. The, yeah, the I, Rockies don't seem to understand that stadium. Or maybe no. they do now. Maybe they figure Well, they it do. Out. They do, but what they've understand is is that like if I build a team that is designed to win here, can't win it's anywhere gonna, else. They can't win anywhere else. <laughs> I, maybe that's what they've discovered. I I I don't know. I, I you know, it, they did make the World Series one year, so I know it can happen. But it, it just it, it's it's such a strange place. I don't think anybody fully understands what's going on there. I think it's a confluence of so many different things because because one, I think the ball does not break the same way it does, right? Because of I think the lack of humidity is really what it is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, and I mean, yes, the air is thinner, but I think it's both a combination of both of those things. So, you know, your ball does not move as much when you're hitting it. So it's easier to hit. And then I think, too, you know, the field is so big. They made the field so big so that you wouldn't get so many home runs. But the problem is, is that you get a ton of balls that now fall in. Right. I mean, there are some people who actually advocate for bringing the fences in in Colorado um, so that you (laughs) cut down on the extra base runners. Right. So that you get a bunch of solo home runs, but not so many, you know, three run, four run jobs. Right. (laughs) And so. So, you know, but I think that's it. Just nobody really knows how to build a team for for that stadium. And I don't know that anybody ever will. Yeah. Um, well, so, I mean, it's such a conundrum because, I mean, yeah, you can lure hitters there left and right, but then you can't lure pitchers there in free agency, right? Who wants to pitch there? And if you're talking right. about moving the fences in, pitchers are like, I'm out, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, so the, 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 the weirdest stat, though, the weirdest stat mm-hmm. by far is that the San Francisco Giants are on pace to win 104 games. <laughs> Explain that. Um. We're the San Francisco Giants, and we just win, baby. That's right. Oh no, wait. That's the that's Oakland Raiders. Yeah, they I don't exist anymore. I don't. Um, but we've been spending the last eighteen weeks, uh, nineteen trying weeks, to trying to explain that and figure it out, and and we still can't figure it out. But it's been a fun ride, and I hope that the second half of the season is just as exciting. Uh, and yeah. um, we got the All Star well, Game on Wednesday. And yes. we got Bra- we got Brandon Crawford being our sole representative that's actually going to play in the game. We had Gausman yeah. made the team, as did Buster. You know, because Buster yeah. busted his thumb and is uh, out. No, for, no, bruised, uh, bruised his it, thumb. bruised his thumb. it. You know, Contused but uh, it. yeah. you know, it's uh, it's a shame that he won't be able to play in the game. But uh, you know, we got hosed a little bit. Desclafani and Tyler Rogers both uh, did not. Uh, get named as replacements. Well, this is what happens when you have uh, the manager for the Dodgers as the as the guy <laughs> who's picking the replacements. So obviously, that's why we have Walker Bueller replacing Kevin Gossman. Yes, but uh, you know, I mean, Walker Bueller's good, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, you know that that should be interesting. I, I'm, I, you know. The All Star Game is fun, but it, it you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the second season, the second half of the season to start. Let's go, let's bring it on. I want to see these Giants bring it home. 
But before we go, before we go, before we go, okay. I, I know you're you're, you're running the train. You're running the train. Here, you know? I know, I know, I know. But you there's just, one you just important thing. Talk on and on about like there's you know, the one, Rockies this is and one. bringing in fences, and I'm trying to like end this thing. And... Well, you asked, you said, "Hey, Ben, I want your thoughts on these stats," but you didn't. You just wanted to throw the stats out there. You should have been like, "Hey, Ben, don't respond to these stats." Fair enough. I did all this research, and I don't want you to comment on it, but I did the research, so I want to spit them into the uh, yeah, show. Well, I, I should know better than to throw something yeah. out without you commenting on it. I mean, that's, uh... Well, you asked me to comment on it. <laughs> Listen, I know how you're going to edit this, but still, when you're editing it and you hear yourself say, I want to get your thoughts on these stats. <laughs> but there's one thing that we haven't commented on, and I just got to know. I'm going to ask you a question, and oh. then, you can, then you can take it home. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. I love you. Thanks for listening. There, I won't talk again for the rest of the show. <laughs> Matthew, are you pro-creamsicle or anti-creamsicle? Oh, and I, I, I don't think you're talking about the the very delicious uh, summer treat that uh, because I am pro that. I'm shaking I'm, my head because I'm not supposed to talk anymore. I, I am anti-creamsicle, but I like the hat. And I may have already bought the hat. <laughs> oh, I see. I see how it is. But I would never buy that monstrosity of a jersey, especially at 400 bucks a pop. Like, I, if any of you listeners are spending $400 on that, you could make a really great donation to the YMCA. Uh, I'm just saying. Because if you got money to burn that you're just looking to, like, throw down, you know, put it to good use. Donate it to a wonderful charity. Because $400 for that uh, is just wow. Yeah, so no. I, I, but I, okay, now I got to ask. What are your thoughts on the creamsicle jerseys? Oh, they're horrible. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they're horrible. I, I Yeah, I agree the hat's nice, but no. And I like the fog concept. The execution. Just oh, it looks no. like spray I mean, that, paint. It looks like somebody just spray painted some, you know, like yeah, got away from them, you know? Yeah, it, it looks like somebody had an accident in the laundry room. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it just and, and, the, and the font is wrong, and the color is wrong, and... You know, they play really well in them. But other than that, no, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm anti-creamsicle. Definitely yeah. anti-creamsicle. All right. Well, we're going to see them every Tuesday uh, from here on out uh, for the regular season. Uh, so uh, get used to them. They will be here. They're not going away. Uh, not if they keep winning them. That's for sure. That's, and that's okay. I that's won't true. mind. That's true. All right. Well, on that note, Ben, it was great chatting with you again this week. Uh uh, listeners, if you need to find us, you can find us on on Twitter and Instagram at, at Giant Cocktails. You can find me, Matthew, at, uh, at Sonoma Y Guy on Twitter. Ben, where can they find you? You can find me at Watch Ben Fail on both Twitter and Instagram. And please like and subscribe uh, on our, to our podcast so you don't miss another episode. For those of you who've already subscribed, thank you so much. It's been fun seeing our numbers uh, tick up as the season has gone on and uh, really appreciate all the listeners. So uh, on that note, we will see you again after the All-Star break. We got the Cardinals again uh, for a three-game series and we'll come back and talk about it. So Ben, until then, cheers, my friend. Cheers. Bye, everybody. <laughs>